This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code SPEAKING. Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube at Speaking Podcast. I also have the Awakening Podcast, the Learn Polish Podcast, Meditation Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast, and all can be found on RoyCon.com. Today, please welcome my guest, Daniel Francisco. Well, thank you so much, Roy, for having me. I'm excited to speak on your speaking podcast. And yeah, whenever you're ready, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Excellent. So you might let the audience know who's Daniel. All right. So uh, basically, my name is Daniel. So we were talking about this earlier. I came from Philippines, originally from Philippines, Southeast Asia. So if your audience doesn't know where it is, it's basically, you know, just less than four hour flight from Singapore and eight and a half from Australia. So it's well known for its tropical islands, food and culture. But then you might ask, what am I doing in Dubai? <laughs> so I arrived in Dubai in 2010, uh, originally short, originally for a short three month vacation. But then when I arrived in Dubai, I, I just see like the tall landscape, uh, cityscape, Burj Khalifa and all that. And I, I asked myself, all right, so this is the land of opportunity. I'm crazy enough just to go back home and, you know, just go here for vacation. So like any other expat, Obviously, in you're in Poland, I, you also have your expat lost there. So I looked for a job. And then in 2010 and 2013, I uh, started working for a corporate company. And then I've been laid off. That's what, what really made me jumpstart or you can say like reflect and ask myself, like, is this the only thing that I'm capable of? So while planning for my escape from my corporate job, I decided to you know, work for a small startup company in the publishing industry and the events industry. So you know, once I got enough clients and I you know, decided to left that job ever since, uh, I think it's almost six years now, me and my wife is running our both uh, marketing agency. And that's like a short story of who I am. So. Brilliant. And like, cause I've seen people, uh, you know, when they're with their spouse working and I've seen it's, you know, it's beautiful when it works. And then there's other times that it just never works at all. So how, how did you find it? Was it hard to start and you work out the kinks or how, would you recommend it basically? I, I wouldn't say it's for everyone. And yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, some of it was really challenging, like in the beginning, because we were married. We all When I started, I was, I was only just one year in the business. And after we got married, she, you know, quit her job because I said, like, we have enough work. And in order for us to scale and, you know, get more, you know, clients, we need to like double the effort. Um, that's what I thought originally. And then, you know, we just, we always keep on fighting in the beginning because we were like, are we working our marriage or are we working our business? Right. And when you're always together 24 hours, seven times a week, it's kind of be, you know, a disaster and chaos. But after I think three years of doing that, we found out a good, you know, balance and synchronicity. And like I said, it's not for everyone because in some married couples, maybe when they are on lunch or dinner, they talk about life, they talk about their plans, their, you know, but for us, we talk about, have you collected the 
the you know the check from the client or you know tomorrow we're gonna start training for a new different type of product or service or something like that um so it's it's kind of interesting how how chaos can be you know a little bit we can say rewarding and when when that make work you know did you work out a system that when you do say go out for dinner on a date night that you don't talk work that you actually you know like partners normally have you a system or does it just tend to kind of go back to the conversation of the business <laughs> well there there are times where we set a time for not talking about work so like for instance if we're on anniversary or we're traveling that's a time we like we completely shut off but if we just like any normal day you know we just talk about just the usual life because it's all, always i believe that when you're running a business it's how about how you integrate your life with what you're doing right now it's either nine to five you wanted to be a speaker you wanted to build something it's always how you integrate your personal life but at the end of the day you got to also learn how to build boundaries because if that boundaries is always being caught up especially right now we don't have kids yet so maybe that would change once we got you know once we had a, had a kid um, so learning how to have a set of boundaries and learning when to like just enjoy and smell the roses and you know pause for a minute that I think that's where the real rewarding moment that can came from working with your spouse. <laughs> so. You may tell me about your speaking journey, what you've uh, been involved in, and and also I always like to know you know from youth because some people they go through kind of trauma and other people are from early age. It's no problem jumping on the stage and doing a play. Exactly. No problem. So I think so before before started speaking, let me just give a proper context how it all started. Right. Um, I think it was around 2000 when I started working for in 2016 for myself. So I um, started a business. We were working with a lot of corporate clients. Um, but after three years, I think 2018, there there was like a, you know, um, foresight that the ma the market was going to change. And so our client left, there's no more budget to work with. Then I, then I realized, all right, so you can actually build a personal brand and put yourself out there so you can attract clients coming to you instead of you chasing them. So I said, hmm, that's quite interesting. But in the beginning, I wasn't confident because like I came from, you know, Philippines and in the Philippines, you know, there are only three things that, you know, you have a career path. It's either you become a doctor, you're an engineer or an architect. Nobody tells you like, all right, so you can start a business or you can be a motivational speaker or you can be, you know, a keynote speaker or something like that. And then there was there was a lot of like uh, limiting, you can say limiting beliefs that he's hindering me. Like, am I good enough? You know, what what would I even say about with, with people would, you know, listen to what I'm saying? So I decided, all right, it's time to, you know, uh, <laughs> remove, eliminate the excuses and just start doing it. So what I did is, I'm, I'm not confident in a video. I started a podcast. And when I started the podcast, I was like hiding behind the camera because it's just mic, right? And that, that is one thing that I, I would tell your audience was like wanting to start speaking. If you don't have anything yet to say, ask people who have something to share and something to say. Because, you know, by, by asking questions, you're basically developing your communication skills and speaking uh, what I learned in speaking is that it's it's like breathing, right? It's it's something that you can learn naturally, because you know um, I always believe that when you start speaking, at, at the end of the day, you're gonna build a personal brand. And when I put myself out there, I, I realize that all right, people are listening to what I'm saying, so I get invited to speak, 
And going back to your question, like how to get started speaking, because when I started my podcast journey, I was, I think, a year and a half then, I, I think a year and a half um, doing that. And then I didn't have any experience. There's one WhatsApp group that I am in where there's a lot of, you know, founders, startups, you know, wanted to start a business. And they said, there's one event organizer, like, um, we're looking for a speaker. And there's one slot left. You know, I need to know an answer within the next 10 minutes. I don't have any topic. <laughs> and I said, all right, I wanted to speak. Maybe this is like the signal for me. So I said, hey, you know, what do I need to do? I, I, want, I wanted to speak. That, so the next, I think, an hour, I prepared everything. Like, what can I talk about? This and that. And to make the story short, I, that's my first uh, speaking journey in 2018, uh, 2018 uh, September. And then what I did was, it was interesting because I don't know if it's still, in, I think it's on YouTube. I mean, people look back then, there was, uh, we are four and there's one speaker. Um, her name is uh, Sarah Almadani. So she's basically a, f- a local influencer here. Uh, she also have like a global startup in celebrity AI space. Um, so imagine I'm like the underdog, like in any type of event, you know, there's one speaker that people doesn't know who hear about. And that's me. And I, I was like, you know, I was the uh, I was the fourth one and I was like really nervous. And my my voice was like shaking. I don't know what to say. But then com- coming back into my head, what I realized back then is that people are here because they wanted to listen to, to someone, to a speaker with a message. And the reason I am here because I have something to say. So I, I just own it. I think it was like 250 plus people. And that was my first speaking career. <laughs> and it, <laughs> my first speaking engagement. It was nerve wracking. But at the end of that event, because I stayed true to what I know, and I didn't pretend someone who, who I am not, people are just coming to me and say like, hey, Daniel, I got resonated to your story. I totally understand what your you know journey has been when you started your own business, when being laid off and all that, all those stuff. And then, you know, this I realized, all right, so it's all about sharing a message. And, you know, that's where I started my speaking journey. Excellent. And you're doing keynotes now. Yeah, you've done a few keynotes. Yes, uh, actually, uh, when when I when I got in love with speaking, there are two things. One is keynote and the other one is sales speaking. I don't know if you have come stumble upon like sales speakers. So the difference was is in the keynote, it's only 20 minutes. And at the end of that, people are up, up, they're inspired and there's no call to action. They, you know, they just come to you, take a selfie or something. But in a sales speaking, <laughs> you have something to offer at the end. And I, I think I... I tend to balance both um, because it's always good to have a sales speaking because I think that's where the real uh, transformation happens is, is that you bring them to our journey and then at the end of the journey, if they wanted to move on forward, then that's where the real, you know, transformation uh, happens is. So. Okay. And w- when did you start podcasting? I, I started podcasting January, 2019. Is it okay if I share the story? It's actually course, quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite interesting. Um, so me and my wife were traveling, I think what year was it? So it was our third year anniversary. We were in Cappadocia in Turkey. I don't know if you, you know the city. So I was like listening to a lot of podcasts, like you know, JLD, EO Fire, G shit, and all that. And I was like, all right, so this guy are doing a podcast and I love consuming podcasts and I keep on dreaming like 
how can I start speaking? How can I start, you know, putting myself out there? And then, you know, at the, at the middle of like, after travel, I said, uh, what if I just start my own podcast? Right. Um, and knowing me, I'm always an action taker. When I thought of something, I need to act on it. Otherwise, it, it never going to happen. So in, in, you know, while in our travel, I just pull up my phone. I post it on Instagram. Like, hey, guys, I'll be releasing the Drive to Succeed on January. And I'll be interviewing this, this, this person. And, you know, when I, when I announce that, people are like, all right. So you keep talking about it. So now's the time you're going to jump and do it. But when I announce it, I don't have a mic. I don't know where to even put the audio. How do you interview people? How do you even book guests? Right? So I was like, I just do it. This is what one thing I learned. You, you got to start before when you're ready. <laughs> so it's like an experiment. So when, when I did that, you know, people are like, like hype on, on it. And, you know, there's nothing way than just do it. So I think it was in a span of uh, three weeks, I got to produce content and release the podcast because I set a date <laughs> when, when it's going to launch. So that's what happens. And then, you know, ever since then, I've been loving it. So I'd encourage people, no matter what they're doing, whether they're starting a business, writing a book or anything, throw it out there because then there's no going back. You know, you're after telling people, so you should try to deliver on what you've said. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like be, put, putting yourself accountable. Right. This, that's the one thing of also having a, a spouse that is aligned with what you're doing. Because if you said something, she's going to make you accountable. <laughs> you know, forget about the followers, but forget about social media. <laughs> if you said something, your wife will going to tell you, hey, you said this, you got to do this. <laughs> and like with the craziness going on at the moment, I presume a lot of your work is kind of online. So what, yes. have you, what kind of tips and tricks can you share with people that you've learned? Understood. So basically, one, one of the things that I would uh, say, especially if you're planning to be a speaker or start something, is that number one, the, the easiest way that the easiest is to put yourself out there by building a personal brand. Now, I can be a little bit biased because that's what I'm expert at. Um, but I would say is that because now it's everything online, there's a limitation of you shaking hands and, you know, putting um, like eye contact, presenting something. Well, that's good, all that. Actually, I miss that because that's where the transformation of energy is. But if you wanted to like start something, be a speaker, build your personal brand, talk um, topics that you really care about, I think, it, let me just summarize it. So there are three things, right? Number one is you got to stay true to your values. So if you put yourself out there and you try to build a personal brand, you got to stay true to your values because you got you need to know like who am I? What are my skills? What what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What are the topics that I would love to talk about that my audience would care about as well? Because you can you can create something like content or any type of topics, but if nobody cares about it, there's no no point, right? So if you will fail anyway, why don't you just stay true to yourself, stay true to your values, and then wait for that audience to be attracted to your message? So that's number one. Number two, um, if you put yourself out there, you started to build a personal brand, you wanted to be known for something. Um, let's say you wanted to be known as a motivational speaker. You speak because you have a message to share, right? Don't just speak because for the sake of speaking. <laughs> you got to learn to speak because you have a message that is important. And you got to learn uh, to speak from the heart because if you just speak from getting attention, then that's not really sustainable. So that's number two. Number three, be vulnerable. 
I always uh, always believe that even on my on my keynote, one of the one of the things that I always tell that I've been laid off is because like even at this point of time when we are recording this, I think ninety percent or even eighty percent of people have been laid off due to to the pandemic, right? So when I keep talking about it, people can realize the same pain point. Like, all right, so I'm not alone in this world doing this pity party that I don't have a job and trying to reinvent myself. Right. So if this person has reinvented himself, then I can also do it. If I can do it, you can do it as well. Right. So that's number three, like be vulnerable, because one of the things when you're trying to build something or even trying to persuade or convince something, if you're presenting a business, you're speaking something about you got to meet your audience where they at, because maybe you are in chapter 10 but your audience is at chapter one. So you need to go back to chapter one, maybe go back in chapter zero, let them, you know, let them be part of it. That's why even in Netflix, if you watch Netflix, the first thing they, you know, they show, like if it's a horror thriller movie, like someone got killed, but you don't know who is that. <laughs> and then they bring you back like 10 years ago. Like, you know, that's what, um, that's what I mean. So it's, it's all about like talking about being vulnerable, talking about the backstory, um, and I think one thing also is you got to learn to speak about the problems and also the solutions, because if you don't have, you always speak about the problem, but you don't have a solution, then what's the point of speaking about it? Right? You're just another, someone is like bashing or like complaining online. So and I think that's a very important one. And like with my other podcast, the awakening one, it's more trying to find solutions because we know there's a lot of problems in the world. And everybody is talking about them, but it, that doesn't really kind of lift your spirits. But if you're listening and then somebody says, and we can do this to change that, then, you know, and plus it could inspire others to get that going. And yeah. I, I know I, I love the solution uh, method you know, to make sure that you yeah, don't just talk about the problems. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there there's one <laughs> like uh, industry wanted to talk about like tabloids they want to talk about that because it gets eyeballs um, exactly it's intentional the new like unfortunately what's going on in the world and as you mentioned lots of people have lost their job you know the tabloids and then the you know the the tv stations with the news and everything regurgitating all lies you know and then the whole lot everybody's copying them because of that and you know you need to step away from that and try to yeah, see how we can make change without being, uh, you know, with propaganda being pump, pumped into your face. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, like, have you done kind of like say workshop and events? Yeah. So I did. I did a couple of workshops before the pandemic. I also did a lot of online last year. Like because, like I mentioned, there there are two things on like speaking. Right when it's a workshop. It's basically just an overview. It's like a book. So instead of like delivering the whole chapter, you deliver like chapter one. And if you want to continue reading the book, um, they need to, you know, either buy a course or work with me on a one-to-one basis. So I think uh, the only difference was that it's more, I can say, because it's online, sometimes it's going to be tiring. Even if you have like like a 30 or 100 people online, you're, you're seeing all these faces on Zoom. And there's a study that shows that even though you're, 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 you're the speaker, you treat the 100 people same as they're speaking with you. That's why we experience Zoom fatigue. So as a speaker, I think it's always important to have a balance between do you, do you really want to 
like um, deliver workshops or do you want to more it create create a video where people can just consume it on their own pace like netflix so i think that if that would answer your question yeah so like because a lot of the people trying to build their career as speakers you know hopefully when this you know craziness ends like with the pr and the branding what what, what would you advise i mean like the podcast, definitely, I, I recommend people as well, you know, either be a guest on podcasts or actually, you know, start your own. Yes, exactly. Um, sorry, what, what was the question? It, um, it's like for, for someone that wants to build themselves using the PR, because I, I, I've seen that you've got uh, on some publications. So, you know, lots of people want to do that. What's the best way of actually getting on publications? Oh, interesting. Well, how many minutes we got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think uh, first of all, if if you wanted to like go pitch publications, you gotta have a solid, uh, you can say a, a story, right? Because most uh, platforms, any type of you know platforms like publications, magazines, podcasts, they have their own set of agenda. They own. They have their own set of audience. Well, the difference between branding and, and PR is that branding, this is something that you brand yourself. It's a narrative that you created yourself, right? Um, because so, so let's say, you know, if I, I wanted to be well-known as a motivational speaker who delivers, you know, personal branding, or, you know, courses or PR or something like that, then that is what I am saying. But on PR, when you go to their platform, it's the opinion of their audience is what they perceive about you. So what you say and what the, the publications say are not necessarily aligned. So in order for you to have the public opinion in your favor, you need to have a solid story. You have to have, I can say, uh, three talking points, like three topics that you can talk about over, over and over again that you really care about that resonates who you are as a person. That's number one. Number two, what's your profession? Like what are the, you know, what are you good at, right? What are you something that you get paid for? Number three, what are you passionate about? Do you have like a mission? Do you have a cause that you support or a nonprofit, right? And number four, what is the product that you have? Because at the end of the day, you can talk about it. Um, there must be a solution. But if people decided to work with you, then that's how you can make it more profitable. Because public brand building, publicity awareness, it's, it's good. But if you wanted to make an ROI out of it, you want to bring them back to your platform either to your website to your podcast so a good story a good background talking points um you gotta you gotta have if you if you don't know like if you don't know how to craft it basically you can go like to any platforms and just see like a one sheet if you google one sheet it's very easy and then you need to work on the assets and of course you have now a story now what are the, the audience i'm trying to target right so am I targeting business owners? Am I targeting entrepreneurs or authors or speakers? Or am I targeting, you know, maybe lifestyle or moms? Obviously, you know, you wanted to go more in-depth because if you're a lifestyle brand, then you need to go where moms are hanging out. Um, one of the one of the challenge here in like branding, personal branding or PR and all those stuff is that people are trying to go all over the place. Like they want to go and tap into different audience, but the, the challenge is there's nothing, you know, wrong with that. But if you're too wide, you know, people would 
dilute what your message is all about because maybe you're talking about right now you're talking about speaking then the next time you're talking about how you know lifestyle about moms or about dads you know the school stuff so you need to be aligned in your messaging and i think you need to just go out there start building content because when you build a brand and it's a strong personal brand or meaningful personal brand you know, magazines will immediately notice you and events will going to notice you. All right. So this guy is speaking about this. Um, our audience need this topic and he's something that they can deliver. It, so no, let's invite him. But of course, that doesn't work that way all the time. There are times where you need to pitch yourself and put yourself out there. Right. It's like you're trying to sell something, but instead of selling something, you're selling yourself to be in their audience, like similar what we did in, in your case. That's why I love speaking in the speaking podcast, because I know not in my experience, without any speaking experience or, you know, speaking career, you know, I reinvented myself from, you know, Southeast, Southeast Asian guy, go to Dubai and then, you know, start a speaking career out of it. So. Very good. And like with, with your podcast, then are you sure. promoting your own websites and what you're doing? Or do you even mention it when you're actually, you know, having guests on? Are you kind of, cause like all I, I mean, you've heard what I say, you know, I, yes. I just go roycall.com. I have other stuff there, obviously, and I'm doing property and animation website and everything. And it's something I'm we're actually thinking of doing because I'm thinking of just putting it at the start. You now, like this podcast is sponsored by coolabula.com doing websites yes. and animation because you know we haven't got clients through it. You know, you just assume people will go. And I just wondering, are you doing that in your podcast or what you'd recommend? Yes. Yeah, actually, that's a good question. I always, in the beginning, I wasn't putting any ads or any putting any mention out there. It, it was just like really organic. Well, the re because the reason I started podcast is because I wanted to educate myself and get access to people that I wouldn't have access to, right? Um, I think that's one of the beauty of podcasts. It's like you're learning, you're, you're, you're gaining new skill. That's number one. Number two, you're learning from other people. And then you're building an audience as well and, and the process of building your brand. Um, but to answer your question is that, did I put any ads in the beginning? No, because I was just doing it for the sake of my, you know, learning process. And then as the show goes on, I, I build an audience and then I was being invited to speak. In the beginning, I was putting a lot of like mid-roll ad. Like if I have an event coming up, I have a webinar, go to this website, like, you know, the drive to succeed.com forward slash podcasting. They're going to go there. There's a landing page where they can sign up. And But I realized, although that is working, I was uh, early in, in my podcasting you know, journey that I was trying to monetize it. So I said, all right, let's just leave it for now. Instead, instead of me selling them or trying to go to do something, what I do is just going to add an ad where they can download free resources. So I said, all right, so I have an ebook. If you wanted to start a podcast, go to thedrivetosuccess.com forward slash learn. There's a lot of you know, PDFs there about personal branding, podcasting. Um, so those are the things. And then at the end, it's just like really call to action. You know, just the, the usual stuff, subscribe, leave a rating and a review and all that stuff. But if I will answer about the call to action, I, the less call to action you have, the better it is. That's what I noticed. Um, because even an email, when I send out like an email, like a blast uh, to my email list, if I have like three links, they don't click it. They, they get overwhelmed. But if I only have one email, I'm uh, sorry, one link on an email, 
then they're gonna click it because there's only one there's they don't have an option so you know it's like in a test right when you're taking t tests the multiple choices you think it's easy but it's hard because only 25 percent of you getting right so it's the same thing why don't why don't just give them one choice and then that's it you know I think that's uh, an important message. And I, unfortunately, I, I, I've been putting too many links actually on the podcast description and everything. And <laughs> I think that's a, you know, definitely because I've heard of the story that it, with candles, somebody was selling three candles and they had good sales. Then they started selling 12 and their sales dropped because people were basically like overwhelmed and decided <laughs> they, they didn't want to buy candles. And I think it's the same. And it's something I have to do it to put in one link instead of, you know, yeah. all the different links to the different podcasts and everything. Yeah. Or, you know, buy them, let them buy three. And then once they buy three, you know, buy another three next month and next month, and next month, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's just one link, right? <laughs> And did you find, like, because uh, you can check the analytics. I don't know, have you looked at, if you put in, say, the mid-roll, because, like, I think if you put something at the start and it's consistent, people will tend to just forward the first 30 seconds or minute. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Whereas mid-roll, they're, they're there. So the, you, you, I would think the mid-roll is a better option, yeah? Yeah, uh, I, would, I would say is that I, I don't know how you structure your podcast but i always recommend to have a trailer in the beginning so maybe like a sound bites so let's say I, I said something really nice put a 30 second clip on the beginning so like people are like figuring out what's the rest of episode is all about before you go on continue for the rest and then maybe just a single call to action you know the usual stuff subscribe and if they wanted to, to download something put it in the beginning because listen i i know i don't i don't have like the the study where you know, there's a certain number of people who listens to the pre-midroll, I'm sorry, the pre-roll ad or the mid-roll ad or the post ad. But if you develop an audience where they are really like the hyper-engaged audience that they're with you for a year or maybe for a couple of episodes, couple of months, they'll just either they skip it or they're going to listen to it. But as, as a host, it's your job to make them care about it. Like if I said something, um, let's say... I wanted them to download something i i, I want to tell them that all right so go to this website download this it's boring right but if i tell them do you want to start a podcast do you want to share your message do you want to build a career out of podcasting then go to this website so i put like a hook there and so that they can like be intrigued about it not some sort of controversial but something just like to get them hooked because in speaking this is also what i learned i'm sorry to talk a lot um but in speaking is that you got to learn how to ask the right questions because if you have the right questions you're going to you're going to have the right answers so if you notice in my speaking i always ask the the same questions but i also have the answers for it so that even though i don't have a script even though i don't have the notes in front of me i can still respond to it because it's just conversation it's just speaking <laughs> you know so and because I've actually I, I've listened to I listened to one of the episodes and you know you said you put up like a snippet at the start. Did you find that that actually increased after you started doing something like that? Because I haven't seen many people doing. I've seen people putting a snippet somewhere else where they're just trying to attract them, but not at the start. But I get it. I understand what your you know your your process for that. It's like someone listens to the a part and go, oh, I'd be interested in that or not because every episode is different. So did you find that it's actually uh, you know increased the numbers by when you started implementing that? 
Yeah, in interesting. That's a, that's a very very good question because interesting. Last night, normally I only have like cer certain number of listens per episode because I think I only have like seventy five episodes now. But yesterday, when I checked my analytics, it doubled. I, it's actually not doubled. It's like tripled because ideally one episode downloads have I think one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty. And then when I released the ep the the episode last Friday, now it have like four hundred something. I was like. How did that happen? <laughs> like I was like, where did that came from? But but I think just building a consistent show, people can expect what to you know they can expect what what's what's gonna be coming next. And because coming from a, a publishing background, what I really learned about is that how to create themes, like how do you create structure? Because people love structure, they love you know like they know they they're gonna expect something, but it's your role to make it you know, like very attractive to them. So um, like you mentioned earlier, you don't normally edit videos, which is good because podcast is more an audio. Uh, I do the same on video as well. But in audio, because if we care um, about things, then we need to hook them up. Um, because if you have like a good hook, it's it's like a fishing, right? <laughs> I don't know. Do you fish, Roy, or no? I, years ago, I would have yeah, never <laughs> much, but yeah, yeah, I've done. Yeah. So so when when you when you start fishing, you use different kind of bait to attract different type of fishes, right? So, but at the end of the day, if like people are getting the same bait, they know what to expect. So if you throw something different, wow, this is something new. Right. So you're going to surprise and delight them a little bit. And I think that's what happens is if you have a consistent format, but it changes because you have different topics, you have different guests, different type of delivery, then it's going to be more attractive to them as well. And honestly, there is no original in what I do. I mean, there might be original in the way I deliver it because I am me and nobody can copy me. But in terms of like structure, there's a lot out there and just figure out, all right, so if they are doing this and they're working, it's working for them, what are the things that I can, you know, get inspiration from and then implement it on my own and add my twist onto it? So I think, you know, it's still a work in progress. If if you will ask me if I could have done it in the beginning, not so. Because um, in my podcasting, I think I change a lot, like in my intro, mid-roll, ending, I think four, six times already. And I was always improving, improving, improving. Even if you listen to my first episode, I was like, have very deep voice, like, you know, at the most of like sleepy head or something. There's, there's one uh, friend, a good friend of mine that said, Daniel, why are you podcasting? Your voice is very deep. You need to be more energetic, you know, like the people in the US, they were so hyped up. That's my original voice. What can I do about it, you know? <laughs> um, but then they realize it just comes out with practice. The more you speak, the more you talk, you know, it, it comes out naturally. And of course, you need to have the right mindset when speaking. So like even before I came here, I actually like, you know, like modulate my voice. Am I good enough to be on Roy's show or <laughs> something like that? <laughs> so, you know, got to be prepared and got to surprise and delight your audience once in a while. So, Like you mentioned consistency because... Unfortunately, with the speaking podcast at the start, I was putting it out and then I doubled. I was putting up two a week and it made a big difference. It's not that the, the numbers doubled, the, you know, which they should with two going out, but it actually tripled and it made a huge difference. But then I took it a bit off and came back, assuming it would just pick up where it was and it wasn't. And I had to build it up again. But with the Polish one, I put it up Monday and Wednesday. 
consistently and that one just does so well like you know like just some episodes there are 15,000 uh, downloads on it you know like wow. it's I mean I like 20,000 a month like and you know it's it's just me having fun with uh you know just yeah. trying to teach people Polish and yeah, exactly. but I would say the, the, the secret to it was consistency because yeah, it, without fail we always done Monday and Wednesday whereas the, the speaker I don't like it's hard no because I saw money but it if 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 you just have the one, I I recommend or you're taking the start one. I recommend put it out on a certain day because I only listen to one. I used to listen to a load as well, like yourself. But now I'm actually doing more. But I still listen to one. It's the Blind Boy podcast, and mm-hmm. every Wednesday morning I know I turn on the phone and his new episode is there, and I look forward to it. And I think there's there's in a psychology to as well, like you kind of expect it. Whereas yeah, you can, you can be subscribed and you know yeah you get a ting or a notification. But if they say, okay, Roy is putting on a speaking podcast every Tuesday and every Friday, which I should do, but unfortunately yeah. life gives me a slap in the face and it gets there. <laughs> and I only do it one. I don't know why, but you know, and the, the other thing is with the awakening one is because, um, you know, we do the videos, well, but my friend, uh, Chris from Mind Wars, he, he's able to edit the, the, the video, which is good because we sometimes we put in clips and stuff like that. And the last few, I've actually just got really passionate because you were on about, you know, our voices are voice, and you know, we don't, we're not like totally, you know, like the American style, let's call it. But I, I just kind of gave a rant about kind of annoyed with the way people are complaining to what's going on and not even researching. And, and yeah. I had like 20 subscribers on my BitChute channel in that week. Like, so people liked it. So now I'm going to tell you, I have no, okay, this actually works. This is making a difference. And the same in the numbers in the audio. So, you know, like, it's not me not being me, but it's the case of don't be holding back that you might kind of annoy people at the end of the day. Yeah. If you know that you're actually going to make a difference to someone's life and you can actually give advice that will protect them, it's worth telling them. And if you have to do it with a bit of passion, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's why I, I always recommend is that, you know, like really take an inventory of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Because if you know what you're good at, you can just work on that, you know, work your way up, you know, start from zero and then work your way up, start speaking. Um, and, and also in terms of like audience, I, I always, uh, I just remember this. I, I always used to tell this joke. Like when I started my podcast, there's only two listeners. It's my wife and my mom. <laughs> so, but, but, but then again, you know, you got to learn to to be consistent and just like you mentioned, you push out content, like even me in my, in my podcast, the drive to succeed, there was a time where I stopped interviewing because I, I got bored. I, I, you know, the, the type of guests I'm speaking, the, the type of guests I'm booking, um, always say almost the exact same thing. But then again, it's totally different how they deliver it. But because it's always just the common, you can say opinion, you know, I decide, all right, why don't we switch it up instead of just talking and focusing on self-development let's switch it up let's talk about health let's talk about you know non-profit let's talk about you know social enterprise let's talk about you know something that i would be interested in like even i think three or four days ago i interviewed some guy like a diplomat in u.s so that was interesting for me they talk about corruption how they handle funds and something like that so you know when you when you when you stay true to yourself, stay to your values, you get curious, I think, and you speak about it, people will just be curious and have that form of reciprocity. And always when you build an audience, this is just for me, you and you and I, or maybe some people out there is listening in a podcast. When you start to build audience, I will always recommend try to build 
an email list. Because the downloads, you might say you might have uh, 15,000, 20,000, but it's when in podcasting, it feels like you're just throwing a fish on the water and then you don't know, is it eaten by a shark <laughs> or did it swim out there or something, <laughs> right? Because you cannot see those people, like, you know, um, even though you, you throw out there, but if you have an email list, there is a way for you to communicate with them and they can be reminded, all right, so Roy Kaufman have uploaded a new episode or 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 she is uh, or he's inviting me to a Facebook group wow we can do live together you know what I mean so you know you have like a data that is tangible and it's not like you're just throwing out a fish there and just you know hope to you know a shark to eat it or something so that's why I always believe to to have some sort of a strategy there but of course that can be a little bit overwhelming but just something to ponder about on the, on the long term so and because uh, I tried with uh, Mailchimp, but with all this kind of GDP stuff, yeah. you know, you can't <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just like I thought. Yeah, I I downloaded <laughs> my LinkedIn lists, I downloaded my Facebook list, and it was like, no, you can't just send it out. They have to have a approval, and I was like, huh? So, which, <laughs> do you use Mailchimp, or what system do you use? What do you recommend? Uh, I I originally used Mailchimp, and then I converted to ConvertKit. So they have a freemium plan as well. I think you can send out for the first thousand contacts for free. Um, so no, no matter how much, how many emails you send, as long as you have a thousand contacts, it's absolutely free. And then that's what I use because what I realize in email marketing as well, since we're already talking about that, is you might send to a thousand people an email, but if it goes to spam or junk or promotion, then they won't read it, right? So we need to have a system uh, like I'm promoting ConvertKit, although I my affiliate thing is not here. But anyway, <laughs> just joking. So basically, you need to have an email provider where it's actually being sent to an inbox so you can actually communicate. And now with in information and internet, you know, it's very easy to track someone. I mean, in digital marketing, you know, even in an ad, if you click on, on that's why even myself, I, I was so afraid to check an ad, uh, sorry, an ad or a website sometimes, because after I click that, this person will follow, will gonna follow me wherever I go, either Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram, right? But again, this is traffic. So it's always better to have uh, the traffic that you own, which is email, you know, email ads, so. And I know it's something, for sales wise it's not probably the best advice but uh yeah, i yeah. all of my websites i don't put cookies because i actually think it's a breach of my freedom and i don't like that you know there's people listening in on my phone or i go to something or I even mention and then there's ads coming up everywhere i think it shouldn't be allowed to be honest or it should be a case of you have an option click in not going into each website and then you have to hit 100 buttons what you agree to and you have to agree to some or just the website disappears you know it's like the bad boys have created that so they can do it but the reality is i think everybody should have a, a no cookie sign like because you know we shouldn't be tracked like that we should have our freedom yeah exactly exactly i even on on my my laptop or my phone sometimes i just like put a piece of paper when i'm not using it because i know someone might go in in the camera or even when in my mic opening my mic or something like interestingly you already talk about that but this happens right now I mean, any app, like if you allow your, your phone, mobile phone in an app and say, all right, allow access to microphone or allow access to camera, even though it's, you're not using it, they can probably still listen to what you're saying, but they're going to say it's an AI, it's a robot, then nobody, you know, really cares. But if someone check, then basically it's a breach of privacy. 
But, you know, um, there are things we can control. There are things you cannot control. So I guess as an individual or consumer, it's always, you know, be always uh, stay vigilant. And yeah, like I mentioned, it's all about, again, spreading the message. So if maybe in your audience who loves to speak about these kind of things, maybe this is one topic that you can talk about, you know, like spreading awareness, like in your, oh, is that the Awakening podcast that you, you yeah, mentioned? Yeah, yeah, Awakening, so. yeah, yeah. No, because I've even heard recently, I didn't even know that, that the televisions have some sort of sound system that then is picked up by your phone. So they know that you're actually listening to it. And it's like, God, it's, you know, there's a million things going on we don't even know about. And yeah, 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 at the yeah. end of the day, it's, a, it's all about kind of branding yourself, doing what you love, you know, and just making sure that you're, you're giving value, you know, because you know, I, like I just know from your own messages and everything, it's all about, you know, kind of serving the listeners and uh, serving uh, another people that are there and i think yeah uh, it comes back then to you in the right way exactly Be because like you know if especially in the internet if you said something you're basically immortalizing what you've said like 10 years from now nobody and uh, maybe no, when you when you decided that all right it's 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 time for me to retire maybe your grandkids search on you like what's my grand you know grandpa doing right then it's, you said something that you're not really proud of or you said something that you know, maybe change a little bit or because you said it because you wanted to make money or get attention, then your grandkids found out about it. All right. So that you're full, full of crap. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it's better to stay true to yourself because it's immortalized anyway. So, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, Daniel, it's been totally enjoyable. Thank you very much. So how can people get in contact with you? Well, uh, thank you so much. So basically, um, they can go to the website on the drive to succeed.com and also have free resources. So if they go to the uh, tab learn, there's a downloadable uh, PDFs there, how to start a podcast, how to build your personal brand. And also I'm opening up a wait list soon because um, I'm starting to you know, record uh, a podcast, the podcast Academy, which is my signature workshop, you know, before the pandemic. So I'm opening up and turning it into online uh, recording session. So if they wanted to like join the wait list, they can go to the drive to succeed.com forward slash podcasting and under learn there's a lot of free resources as well. So that's where they can find me. I'm also available on LinkedIn, uh, which I pretty much hang out or Instagram. I mean, just, they, just Google my name. <laughs> I'm sure they can find me. So. Yeah, no, I'll make sure I put all the links because I'm the same. I prefer LinkedIn because I get oh, sometimes I'm up to 5,000 emails and sometimes there's people writing to me and it just goes through and only that they keep chasing up that eventually I see it. But LinkedIn, I'll contact you know, straight away. I get people and uh, I find LinkedIn is a better one. Like, yeah, so I'll make sure I put all the links on both the video and the audio. But it's, listen, thanks very much, Daniel. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Roy, for letting me join in your podcast, the speaking podcast. And thank you. Um, I, I think your audience, I hope your audience will find value in our conversation and continue what you're doing, because I think, you know, especially right now, people are in need of good information with experts that they know that they can trust and care about. So continue the speaking podcast and the other podcasts that you're, you know, producing and launching. And I wish you more success. And thank you so much again, Roy, for, for having me on the show. Thank you very much. So that's all for the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or on BitChute or on YouTube, the Speaking Podcast. Be sure to give us a five-star rating, thumbs up, share with your friends. Until next week, take care. This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com 
and put in the discount code SPEAKING. Mm -hmm. 